been asked to come. Uh, let's actually redo the entrance. <coughs> um, do you do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I'll start. I'll start. Sweet. <coughs> Hello, people. This is the Liz Podcast. L I S Life in Sport. Honor to be here. Honor to start, and can't wait to tell you what we're about. If he failed to mention, his name is T, short for Tarek, and my name's Bo, short for Boyan, and this is Liss, and we are currently recording it from the sofa in the annex. I thought that was an important thing to mention. The fact that we're on a sofa in the annex, or the fact that your name's Tarek and my name's Boyan? I don't know, they're, they're both quite equally important. Uh, that is true, that <laughs> is true. I actually, I shade for this this first episode because it's great because you have the good definition like high definition volume from the microphones and then the 4k that's been recorded from the phone can see how nice my mustache is it's a great mustache once Mm. you whack a bit of wax in it go salvador dali style you get me like i tried putting vaseline in it but it just didn't have the same effect you need the wax bro i need the proper strong stuff i need the thing people use for their hair I wouldn't. I don't know that is though because I'm I'm bold, so it's fine. I feel like Bradley Martin, just without the strength. Mm. Okay, so getting into the nitty gritty of what we're about, we are two avid sports players, sports watchers, sporting backgrounds. My my, I studied sports science. That's my that's my that's what I'm into. That's what. Okay, I'm I'm going a bit, mm. but yeah. So life in sport essentially. It's where ambition meets well-being. It's how we want to we want to shine a light on different aspects of of sport, from player-wise to coaching-wise to anything in between, and how your life is affected by your sport and how your sport affects the kind of life you live, in a way. In a way, because a lot of the time through social media and through actual like television, we see how a lot of pro athletes, the key term pro are able to sustain such like high lifestyles where they can you know go on massive trips they can do whatever they like and they seem to be perfectly fine 24 7 Mm. and in reality when you get down to the deep core of it a lot of players are having internal struggles not just with you know the fact that they're getting paid millions and millions of pounds but also some players get addictions from addicting to being gamblers to being alcoholics to drugs and everything and it's not just in the pro level it's also seen in the amateur sport too where a lot of the social aspect comes from having heavy binges on the weekend with your mates after a game to you know from one thing leading to another where even drugs become more prevalent within the within sports but not just drugs being Enhan- sports enhancing drugs not just like steroids but more like recreational isn't it exactly <laughs> like cat cocaine everything like that because with the advancement in civilization drugs becoming a more easier more finite source or recreation mm. is that a good way to put it yeah um i feel like um obviously there is the flashy lifestyle of the athlete as as bo mentioned and obviously, we don't see the full picture of, of, of anything realistically. And, you know, it, it probably would be difficult for, for that to be disclosed. But from an amateur point of view, it's also a big commitment. Like, and there's a lot of players that will play their sport at a high level, whether they get 
paid or not, but at a high level, and you know, it's but it's not enough to to pay the bills and 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 keep you afloat. But it's still something you do as a hobby. But it's like it's become more than a hobby. So it's like it's like you're sort of in that in between, and I feel like that has a massive impact on on um on the individual, and obviously, like. I feel like it's not a spoken about area, but I mean, in terms of, we're not even just talking about players, we're talking about the coaching side of things, the, you know, secretary. Yeah, well, coaches, before they actually get to the pro level, like I say, if we take rugby into account, if we don't go up to like level five and above, so let's say the old national three level, everyone below that, coaches don't really get paid. They just do it for the love of it. They waste, wouldn't say waste, but sometimes they waste hours on ends just, you know, trying to pick a team, trying to select people. And they do things that coaches don't normally have to do. You know, you don't have professional coaches going to players and begging them to play on the weekend. Mm. I don't, when was the last time, for example, your team, Sevilla, they had to beg a player to be like, oh, mate, look, we're actually down like four players this weekend. Can you please play this weekend? Mm. Let's to put to put a bit of context into this. We're both um rugby players or rugby background. Bo here plays level six. He gets paid a bit of money. But obviously <clears throat> just a tiny bit. Not just too a, much. like you know like Eno- uh, enough to buy a ch- uh, a Tesco meal deal on the weekend as long as I use my uh, club card. Mm. Okay, yeah. So Bo gets paid a bit of money, and but Bo also works full time. But Bo plays a level where the team is ambitious and they want to to move forward and progress, both as a club and with the players that they have. And you know, I feel like there's a lot to talk about in that aspect, because I mean, as Bo said, with the coaches having to contact players and whatnot, like. You know, at the end of the day, we're humans that, that not everyone is cut out to make it as a professional athlete, especially in the elite level. Yeah, like, you know, us humans work normal jobs. And then to play a sport as physically demanding as rugby where, you're in, where your chances of injury is high, I mean, realistically, it's a lot to ask of someone. You have to have a pure love for the game, which is mental because, I mean, it's a sport where you can easily get hurt. It's a sport where you can easily get a life-changing, life-altering injury. Like it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's it's the reality. Like whether it's that you break a leg or whether you do something that changes how you are physically for the rest of your life, and you know, there's a lot of like that's just one side of that's just one side of it. But I'm we can but we can progress on that as well because even though athletes at every level get injured. Of but course. if you're a professional athlete, you have a whole team backing you up because you're getting paid X amount of money to play for that team. So that mm. team want you to recover as fast as possible. Whilst an amateur player, they don't have a team backing them mm. financially. They might be there emotionally and physically and be like, yes, mate, I'll be there for you. Uh, if you need me, give me a bell, this, that, the other. But an amateur player, regardless of what sport, if they get hurt, they won't have the team sinking money into their rehabilitation. It will be, mm. uh, look, mate, we're sorry you got injured. 
hopefully the insurance money can give you a hand with that. Hopefully we see you playing again soon. Basically, that is one of the most common things to hear. Hopefully mm. we see you playing against... Hopefully this injury that might alter the way you walk for the next uh, lifetime won't deter you from coming back to the sport. But even then, you have professional athletes who have... Let's say Antonio Brown, American football. Okay, I was going to ask you who that was. <laughs> so Antonio <laughs> Brown, if a lot of you haven't seen, uh, was about two two years ago. He had a complete mental breakdown. That's what people are speculating he had. He had a complete... His personality wasn't wasn't his normal personality, and that can be linked to him playing American football because the seasons prior, he was getting a lot of headshots, a lot of shoulders to head, a lot of, you know being knocked out, being concussed, and being basically put in a state where you can't think straight. He got moved to many teams, and he just kept doing things which weren't, characteristically, what he does. Do you mean on the pitch? On and off the pitch. He took a hot air balloon to training. Oh, nice. As you do. As you do. He then... Well, you know how a lot of pro athletes, when they in the heat of the moment, they get really upset and they like you know throw a tantrum. Mm. His tantrum, uh, basically, he didn't want to play anymore. He got taken off the pitch and he had a temper tantrum, and so he threw off his American football pads, threw him to the floor, and basically started running around the stadium, just like you know, like a ch- child trying to gain attention. But we can't say, oh, that's him being narcissistic, wanting to have attention. It's him obviously having a mental mental breakdown, having mm. issues. We could speculate it's from being hit in the head several times. You know, CTE is, does do that, you know. It doesn't just make you, you know, down and stuff. It just changes your personality. Uh, why don't we clarify for the listener or the viewer what CTE is. What CTE is. I don't want to get it wrong and since you're the sports do a quick google search we want to get the proper definition of it let's just verify this as you can see we have a topic of which we choose and then we just kind of go on the fly of whatever we're talking about but staying within topic chronic traumatic i can't read that last word cte chronic traumatic i can't read this last word either and c is it encephalopathy? And and do you know what? Let's just call it a concussion. Yeah, so it's something to do with concussion. Something to do with concussions. Look, we'll I'll stick the word up here. I, mm. I honestly, I I'll probably get Siri to tell me how to say it properly. Mm. But you know, CTE is. No, we'll put the phonetics underneath as well. <laughs> put the phonetics <laughs> right there. It's like it's you know we cut cut this bit here and be like, hey Siri. Please tell me how to say the long version of C T E. No, but all honesty, a lot of players have. Yeah, I mean that's not even the nuts and bolts, wasn't the like couple years ago? But weren't the England internationals or whatever suing the RFU for making them play on because there was less awareness about concussions during the generation they played? You know what I'm getting at? Is this when Dylan Hartley went in? for a tackle on a massive French prop and he hit his head right on his knee and he was knocked out yet he still played the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. 
And then Dylan Hartley, a few years later, clarifies. He was like, during that game in the Six Nations, uh, I don't remember anything after that hit. All I remember is standing up and getting the medal. So he played the whole game, doesn't remember what exactly what happened. Mm. And you know what's scary in that? I mean, just because you're not getting paid doesn't mean it's any less likely in the amateur level. I think it's more likely in the amateur level. Yeah, because, um, I mean, having played amateur rugby, I've had two concussions in the space of... So I had one concussion, which Bo was there. I can't even tell you how that happened. We were just doing a drill, and we was with the tackle pads, and we had to follow a direction. It was to do with rucking or whatever. And then I can't f- tell left and right. And then I'm like thinking, oh, what's going Like, I'm tired. I'm so tired, I can't even follow directions and instructions. I'm blowing. And then, like, obviously, suddenly, Bo goes to me, T, you okay? Like, with this look of concern. And I thought, wow, I must be performing really, really poorly. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> it no, was, no, that was my that was my perception. That was the perception of it. What I saw was I saw someone that just couldn't really like follow the instructions properly. Basic and instructions. It wasn't that I was undermining. It was like, T, this is you know left and right. This is mm. pretty. This is pretty straightforward. It's not like we're being told to dash five meters, straighten up, dash another five meters, and straighten up. It's just you know, and he just had this expression that he was like. He was just about to fall asleep. Mm. And then suddenly I get, uh, the co- coach calls me over. And then I'm thinking, I'm going to get a bollocking from the coach. Like, mm, don't want that. And then like, I'm, I'm there, like, I'm, I walk to him. It feels like an age, the time, like, he calls me and I, and I approach him. And then suddenly I'm, re- I'm ready to hear him talk. And he goes, where are you? Are you okay? This that basic basic questions about my directions and and then like okay sit down is that no you can't drive your car home you can't do this no playing and like yeah i went to the hospital they i mean realistically you can't really check for a concussion like the same way you can check for an x-ray like can you you mean you can't x-ray a concussion you know what I mean, isn't it? But like for, the, that, yeah. for the viewers, yeah, you know, you can't really. Uh, there are tests where you can kind of check if you've been concussed at a moment, but it's not really checking for a concussion. It's more like seeing if you have symptoms of one, mm. because a concussion is basically, you know, you get like people say, you get like your head knocked, your brain's all over the place, and doesn't matter what sport you do, head head knocking is just you know, if it's not. A non-contact sport, you know, you could probably get away with it. Maybe sprinting, jumping, but any sport really that has contact in it, you get a bit of a head knock. Mm. Like people say that American football is pretty good for avoiding head knocks. But I mean, oh, but if you just type in NFL highlights, biggest hits, you see these men bloody flying at each other, mm. head first, and then your response is, but they have. They have a helmet. Mm. The theory of there's an egg crack if it's in a box. Okay. So here's the theory. If you throw an egg at a wall, will it crack? It's got a helmet on. Uh, No, 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 no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Let's say you put an egg 
without a helmet on, you throw it against the wall, will it crack? Of course, isn't it? It's an egg. Okay, cool. Let's say you put an egg in a box, but the box is too big for the egg. Mm. If you throw that box at the wall... With the egg inside... Will the egg break? Mm, good analogy. I see you. What you're saying is we've got egg heads. But basically, we're all <laughs> egg heads here. <laughs> no, but on, on a serious note, yeah. You know, like a quick little, not story time, but yeah, we played a game, twos, end of the season. Like just, you know, standard like Merit League. Played, it was the last game of the season. And um, I mean, I wouldn't even need, to, for context, the Merit League is just amateur level like is it in the pyramid is it not i don't know you it's need to ask a rugby coach like it's in the pyramid but kind of way low down yeah so but, you know it's like because it's the amateur of amateur rugby but it doesn't d- can't take away from it that people are still playing rugby no no of course not like but i'm what for context i'm set i'm talking about the level just because yeah so like so we play this game and or well, I, I was watching that day so um i watched the game and um this guy in our in the team he scores two tries. He he plays and you know he has a game. He 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 showers after the game. He he goes for the man of the match dick of the day. You know that goes for the night. He whether he, I don't remember what he done that night, but yeah, just but went I for d- his drinks. I don't drinks. think he did either. Yeah, so this is this is where it gets this is where it gets a bit technical. So like he puts a message on the group chat. Oh boys, I can't remember a thing from yesterday. I just remember getting home, something along those lines. But he can't remember. And people, a single pe- people thing. are like, "Ha ha!" He just had too much drink last night. No, he's like, "But no, I, I can't remember." And then someone goes, "Do you know who scored the tries yesterday?" And he's like, "I have no idea. Like, I really don't know." And then he goes, "Well, you scored two of them." And I just thought, like. I mean, like scoring a try is like pretty memorable. Like, it's like scoring a goal. Yeah, you, scoring is memorable. Yeah, Goals, people, tennis, look, basketball. If you ask someone what they had for breakfast a week ago, they will not be able to tell you. However, if you ask someone who plays sports and that has an active goal of trying to, you know, gain points, how they gain those points, they can tell you if they tied their shoelaces left side first, right side first, if they touch the ball with their pinky finger and then their whole hand. Scoring is so memorable. And that's why sport is, you know, so sport, like, is, sport is there. You have memorable moments, but then with memorable moments, you have moments like this. And that was that was really worrying. That really put a lot of things into perspective. And I've played games and I've seen some guys get smashed, head hitting the floor, whatever, like... And I haven't even been playing rugby for that long. It's just the physicality, you know. It's just—it's so easy to just get a knee on the head in the ruck or in the breakdown or whatever, or you know. But you know what? Deviating a little bit away from like the the head injuries and the head trauma that that one can go through is like, you know, in 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 amateur sport, whether it be rugby, whether it be football, whether it be anything, you get an injury, like I don't know. You t- you 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 give yourself you twist your ankle you fold it like that 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 stuff hurts like it's painful and you know you can't put weight on on your ankle etc and like you know that happens in the that happens to like someone in like you know for in the Premier League like someone gets their ankle rolled like I don't know key player um was it Erling Haaland 
twist his ankle in a match. Oh no! And then and then like, you know, the next day they're doing tests, they're doing scans, they're doing a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? They're doing their rehab programs. All with the finance of the club. You you've got all you've got the physios, you've got the, you know, you got you can get they can get an MRI on the spot. But then you flip it over to like to like amateur sport and to real people to okay us. to us to us to people like us i have story time and like wait wait just just and like like what getting a, getting any kind of scan in the nhs realistically <sighs> not saying the nhs is a bad system no 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 far from it we're just saying that it's hard to do things in the nhs yeah i mean it's it's, it's overcrowded it's over it's, it's packed like you'll find yourself waiting six hours in A and E to check if you broke your leg just to find out you didn't or just to find out you did. But then you can't really get into the nits and nuts and bolts of what you did, but you can't do your outlet of playing your sport. And that's when it starts to have an impact on the well being as well, because suddenly you lose that sense of routine and purpose of playing for your club or representing on a Saturday or a Sunday and and you, you feel, know you feel isolated yeah exactly and then you know there's there's and you don't know when you're going to come back or if and as as much as difficult as it can be like you, then that's when like you know doubt and apprehension starts to creep in in terms of coming back to play that's when you feel upset that you might lose your spot or you might lose and as good as it is to like get involved off the pitch and come down and watch like you never feel good then especially if you're injured but sorry story time oh gosh don't apologize you just mm. made me feel bad because i've been like that for like the last couple of weeks <laughs> honestly you know it's great if you see your team win when you're on the like on the side of the pitch regardless of your like, you know if you're injured or not because it's your team winning but when mm. your team loses and you're there watching them lose let's for example let's say you're watching the grand finals of a rugby league competition where you know you're one of the players that before anyone gets picked you're like on the team sheet like okay he's gonna play just to wear mm. and you get injured in a dumb game well no game is dumb but you get injured playing for like the second team or like the reserve grade as the boys call it when you're a first team player and then you just feel like a you feel like kind of an idiot you're mm. like oh, i shouldn't have been injured oh why did i get injured and then you start questioning yourself and then from questioning yourself, you go into this long period of time, like, I'm injured, woe is me, I'm injured, I don't want to play the sport anymore, I'm injured, did I mention I'm injured? Mm. And then your whole personality comes around like, oh, I can't do this because it hurts, I can't do that because it hurts. Mm. And then your teammates will try and make you feel better by saying, oh, mate, just come down, you know, your your shoulder's probably not that bad. Mm. You play that one game, and guess what? It's even worse now. Mm. And then you have people nagging you in your ears like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have played. Oh, but, you know, we, we want the best for you, but you shouldn't have played. You're doing this, doing that. And then, like, you kind of feel inclined to nearly tell them to just F off. Mm. But you need to keep your composure. Well, then it goes back to what you said about the coaches and like in this level of sport where like, you know, you're asking players to play. You're probably contacting people that haven't played them. So let's say I've got a, let's say I've got a football team. I can barely string an 11 together. And I'm like, I've got guys that played for the club like last year or the year before. They haven't touched the ball this season. 
you know, please come play. We need players, this and that. And, you know, one of the things that one of the sets of people they'll ask is, though, they might put a bit of pressure for the player that's not 100% recovered to, to play, to play. And that's where, like, it gets even more psychological in that way because then you're, like, thinking, should I risk myself for the team? Is it worth it? But I want, I want the best for the team. Is it, but is it the best for me? But am I being selfish? But am I not? And then you're questioning yourself, am I being soft? What is this just a little baby injury and 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 like I'm just being I'm just being overthinking it and I'm capable of playing. You, do you know what I mean? Because realistically, whatever the whatever your your condition is and whatever level and whatever type of exercise physical activity that you do, I'm not even talking sport. I'm talking any physical activity, like any. You always put you're always at risk of getting injured and of that's course. the reality and there's no way of changing that or, or minimizing that you go for a run you're at risk of getting yourself injured your risk of pulling a hammy you're at risk of hurting yourself you know acl injuries anything right? uh, acl injuries uh what is it high percentage of them mm. um, um let me let me just round it up like maybe like you know 80 ish percent of acl injuries are non-contact mm. that means you don't get touched by anyone you know, that means uh, if you're a sprinter or if you're a jogger, if you run, you can tear your ACL. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't run. Mm. But you're still at risk. You're at risk of everything. Life, you're at risk of life. Yeah, I mean, life is a risk. Anything you do is a risk. I mean, it sounds a bit exaggerated, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully viewer or viewers get the gist of what we're trying to say. Do you want to hear exaggerated? Go on. You know you're at risk of developing cancer if you have too many ap- like too many bananas. Yeah. Do you know what the risk number is? What? If you have about, what? it's like the smallest percentile, it's like zero point zero zero one. How like. many bananas though? Well, to be fair, you can get pot- potassium overdose from bananas. You can mm. die from bananas. And do you know what that number is? What? I think it's about like one thousand plus bananas. Okay, so there's a limit. So basically, there's right? <laughs> yes, the fact. You will get potassium overdose from having a thousand one point three k bananas. Yes, potassium overdose will get you first. Mm. That just shows just because you know there's a risk of doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But yeah. then again, don't eat a thousand bananas. Like that's that's a lot. Eat it in a lifetime. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eat it in a sitting. <laughs> I mean, the point is, is that anything you do, there's a risk of it, whether it's like minimalistic or not. The risk exists, but. You know, all this injury stuff we're talking about, it kind of like, because like, it kind of links, it goes full circle. So obviously, we're, we're in, in our experiences and our cases, we're talking about rugby and we're talking about amateur rugby, rugby union and rugby league up the was. But up yeah. Up the was. It um, was our year. But we yeah. were so close. If you know, you know. If you, if know. you, if you don't, you'll know. Soon. If if you don't know now you know yeah but yeah no just because we're throwing the word injury around like it's the common cold mm. doesn't mean you shouldn't do sports yeah or any kind of exercise oh, because there's one thing that comes with doing s- okay cool exercise if you go to a gym actually no even running you can join a running club mm. and that's the key word club if you play a sport you need to go to a club. Mm. and just because there's a risk of injury doesn't mean you're going to not play the sport. Mm. Within the sport, if you find a good bunch of boys, you get 
social interaction. And I mean, social interaction is one of the most positive things ever. Mm. It's positive and then but on the on the flip side, depending on the kind of groups of boys you find, it can be or depending on yourself, it can it can be negative. It could be detrimental. I'm not I'm not like by the way, if if, if you're if you're watching listening and you know me, I'm not throwing no shade at no one. I'm just talking like how things can be. Like and everyone everyone and anyone I've ever played rugby with, lovely, beautiful. If you know me, then you know I'm definitely throwing shade at everyone that bullies me. <laughs> everyone that calls everyone that calls me special. Everyone that says, you know, if I wasn't playing sports, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. <laughs> but the thing is though, even though I'm insulting myself, because of the social reinforcement of my teammates, I'm uh, I'm smiling through it because, you know, mm. fourteen 14 years of playing this sport you meet so many people mm. and you know you just realize one thing after 80 minutes you go have a, a beer a drink anything the boys afterwards are just lovely people mm. unless they're not unless they're not but if they're not that's part of life not everyone's gonna be lovely or not everyone's gonna be lovely to you because exactly but that shouldn't stop you or deter you from being a lovely person wow. so um obviously um you know, sport means a lot of different things to us. And we actually got on the whiteboard, like, a little plan of, like, little things we could talk about. Yeah, but you kind and of rubbed half of them off. Yeah, no, I was fiddling. I'm quite fiddly. I, I touch, fiddle. I, I, I can't keep still, me personally. That's just how I am. I uh, If I didn't have this microphone in my hand, I would be making so much noise right now. Yeah. But, but luckily, uh, it's like I feel like I'm <laughs> hol holding a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was. So, like, I mean, we got the, what sport means to us, the playing aspect, the attachment to the you organization. Know, you know, we, we would leak all this information, but that would cut this season of less very short. Mm. So, you have to tune in next episode. Yeah. Um, just on a quick one. There's a lot of things we, we do like to address, one being mental health and the impacts that sport can have on your mental health. Or how sport can be a good outlet for your mental health if that's something you struggle with in general, sport and exercise. We're very inclusive and we're hoping to get some really interesting people onto our onto our little show and have some interesting conversations that will be engaging and, and hopefully something that we learn from talking to the, the guest and hopefully something that you guys learn from listening to us talk and ramble and be our little awkward selves. And um, hopefully something they learn from. I hope you know just a mutual benefit. But yeah, we've got plans to talk to our coaches, a couple of players, different sports, physios, physios teachers. teachers, people that have to balance a life, and you know people that can talk about experiences that we can describe, but we can't talk about it in the same way. But yeah, bec of course, because if I was to get a paraplegic onto onto the episode. I can't talk from his perspective. He'd have to speak about it himself. Mm. Same way if I was to get someone, a female, I can't talk about being a female athlete. Yeah, and the difficulties in sport and the difficulties that, I don't know, someone that a female rugby player may face. We, we can't talk about that intimately. So, yeah, we're going to have some people coming on. And, you know, as time goes, you'll get to know us a little bit as well. 
So basically, uh, that just means I need to get more equipment. I need to get another microphone. <laughs> so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully share this to your mates. Share this yeah. to your family. You know, if you want, do what everyone else does. You make a 31-second song mm. that's completely blank on Spotify. And you get all your mates to play it. And, you know, hopefully by the time uh, the morning comes, they've played it about a thousand times. And, and you get that dollar. You get that one dollar. <laughs> that mm. one dollar. <laughs> but luckily, you know, conversion rate will get like 87 pence. Come on. Come on, 87 pence. But yeah, it's been an, it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk. Hopefully we didn't ramble too much. Well, this is just us being us and us doing how we do. But as things go by, you'll learn more and hear more. Big love, everyone. Oh, that that, that last bit was a bit awkward. But <laughs> yeah, outro. Uh, I was I was gonna I was gonna throw a fact in. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm rushing. Yeah, throw your fact. I'm gonna throw a fact in. Uh, the same way that oranges are both a fruit and a color. Yeah. So are lemons. What colour is a lemon? It's a lemon coloured, bro. No, that's yellow, bro. Have you not seen the episode? What episode? Oh, it's... <sighs> I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it at the end of this video, guys. It's okay. It's okay, I'll show you. Well, lemons are colours. Yeah, bro. Big facts. Big facts. Lemons are a colour. Just like oranges. Cheers for tuning in, guys. Peace. Peace. Big love. Easy. Big. Easy. Kyle Ken times 20. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>